0: Welcome to Look-See, the podcast for the art curious in Richmond and beyond. I'm Paige Goodpasture. Harrison Walker describes what he does as creating prints and objects, or prints as objects. In his first solo exhibition at Candela Gallery, he presents his Portals project. In this series, he uses the most basic elements of photography, light, paper, and chemicals, to explore color, chemistry, and psychological perception. Each of Harrison's striking images are the same in some very important ways. He uses the same 20-inch steel disc in each piece, placed in the same place on uniformly-sized paper, and yet there is endless variation in the work, which consists so far of over 130 prints. Each of the prints embodies his effort to push the boundaries of what he does not fully understand or control, whether it's the chemical process of making the print itself, the celestial worlds that inspire his work, or the meditative act of looking at the work and the responses it provokes. I spoke with Harrison about the influence of process, chemistry, color, risk, and his own history on the work he makes. I am here today with Harrison Walker at Candela Gallery for the latest episode of the Look-See podcast. So thanks Harrison for joining me today at Candela. You and I were talking just a minute ago about kind of how you got to where you are and now you're in Athens, Georgia. You grew up in Alabama. I don't know, this is always top of mind right now for some reason for me. Is your identity as a Southerner important to you as an artist, as a person? In your work yes you know that's interesting because actually I thought your answer was gonna be meh not really so I really want to know know more now about about that
1: so I think if you would have asked me that question a year or two ago I would have said no and I think living away from the south for over three years and continuing to move north from Philadelphia to Maine was an entirely new experience and new culture and new everything. And so moving back to the South, I think, made me revisit that idea of being a Southerner. And I grew up in Huntsville, Alabama, which is known as the Rocket City. And my work has been very space-driven for several years now. And so I think maybe not making that direct connection of, oh, my work is obviously impacted by where I grew up, leaving and coming back to the South has made me realize that. So I do think it is very much so uh, part of me as an artist, maybe not so much in the work itself visually, but it's definitely part of who I am as a Southerner.
0: Your work seems to me to be the the experience of creating the work is a huge part of what the work is about for you. Absolutely. Is that an accurate perception.
1: Absolutely, yes. Just the act of making and responding to what's in front of me on the print is very much what I'm interested in. Thinking what the materials I think might do versus what they actually do and how they respond to another emulsion or chemistry or material is is very what, what I'm interested in.
0: Can you kind of tell us, you know, what is the day in the life of Harrison Walker, photographer, and just describe what goes into creating a print.
1: Yeah, so since I moved to Athens, Georgia in August, gave me the perfect opportunity to just be a self-employed artist for the first time in my life, which has felt amazing. And also terrifying a little bit in terms of the uncertainty. But, you know, I wake up in the morning and I have my coffee and I'm usually up by eight, And, you know, maybe I sit around for 30 minutes on the porch or wherever, and then I get into the studio and I decide what I'm going to start working on that day. And I usually look at what I've done the day before, and I assess a range of different prints. And I think, you know, I have to think about the weather. I'm using the sun to expose. So is it sunny? If it is, then I can print. If it's not sunny, then I'm probably not going to be exposing that day. So... My practice could involve coating an emulsion on a sheet of paper and making a sun exposure for anywhere from three minutes to three hours and processing those prints. It could also involve going to, uh, there's a special collections library at the University of Georgia that I visited several times uh, researching their NASA archive. So it could involve doing that. It could involve going to the Library of Congress and looking at their archive. It could involve looking at my own uh, family archive uh, and seeing how those images might play into something.
0: I'm gonna break that down a little bit. I mean, this is a very basic concept, but you mentioned that you print with the sun. So can you break that down a little bit more and explain what that means? Do you use a camera?
1: I don't use a camera. It's kind of a strange feeling. Uh, you know, I, as an, a younger artist, I, was, I always had a camera in hand. And it's, I don't know exactly what it is, but over the past three or four years, that has slowly just fallen away. And I think the, my practice has become more studio-based. In some ways, the camera became a barrier between me and experiencing what I wanted to experience. And I think that's why the camera has fallen away. But I'm also interested in, you know, photography is not just lens-based. A photograph doesn't have to just be made with a camera. A photograph means the actions of light, creating an effect on something. And so I'm using the sun, the light, to create an action on a light-sensitive emulsion like cyanotype, uh, which is an iron-based photo process, or Van Dyke Brown, which is a silver-based process, um, or gum bichromate, which is a dichromate-based process. So I will be mixing an emulsion. I'll be coating it onto a sheet of paper. Uh, I use a 20-inch steel disc as a photogram object. And I'll take a sheet of paper out into the sun, and I'll lay it on a piece of plywood. I'll put the disc on the page, and I'll let it expose for three minutes or three hours or whatever the exposure calls for. And most of the processing just involves running water. And so after the exposure, I'll process it in running water and hang it up to dry.
0: That sounds really simple, but your collection of work, which is on view right now together at Candela, doesn't look... Simple. I mean, it is simple in the sense that that the the geometry of the pieces are the same. The pieces of paper are the same size. The disk image is the same size. But beyond that, it's just endlessly variable. And so how does that, you know, how does that happen in your process? Are you planning for that? Are you trying to sort of discover what will happen if I do this? What will happen? Is there an experimental element kind of before you make the print? or are there prints you make and you're like, mm, I don't like this?
1: It's definitely reactionary. And it's definitely, you know, I'm on portal 131, which is quite the amount of prints. So I think a lot of it comes from experience of making exposures and seeing how they react and then using that experience to make decisions based on what happened or didn't happen.
0: How do you work to achieve the variations in the work?
1: I think again, it's it just it's a reactionary thing. It's an intuitive thing. And, you know, someone asked me yesterday, like, how do you know when a print is done? And I don't know how, but I, I know when it's done and I know it's not. Um, and so there's a certain level of resolve that I'm looking for, whether that's a contrast or a color or a surface or texture.
0: You mentioned that you number each print and each print has a place in the series, so you don't throw away anything. What place does that? idea hold in your practice as an artist?
1: Yeah. So when making these, I'm using a lot of resources, water, paper, I'm using precious metals, silver, sometimes gold to tone. So the materials are sometimes expensive and finite and, you know, I'm using a lot of water and paper. And so for me being thrifty and not wanting to waste, I haven't thrown a portal away yet. And so if something is dissatisfactory in the way it looks, then I will just keep at it. And maybe that'll take three months to finish. Maybe it'll take another day or another layer. And that feels important, keeping working on them to find that resolve.
0: And it also produces a sense of, of, um, with the viewer, and I would guess for you as well, you can see your process as an artist, what you liked, what you didn't like. So for example, in some of the pieces you used some imagery.
1: So the series does include a few uh, more representational images that did use a camera. The majority of them are found from my grandfather's attic. After he passed away, there was this little box of negatives that I found. And uh, one of the images was of the Cliffs of Dover that he took in World War II. And there was something just really kind of beautiful and striking about that image that I felt eventually kind of gave the same sort of awe-inspiring feeling that you might experience while viewing the work of portals. So you'll see that image kind of pop up here and there, and sometimes it's very clear and sometimes it's not. And then there's also a few images that might include people or other kind of more representational images, and that will often um, reference space or communication or other kind of otherworldly ideas that that I think align itself with the work.
0: Mm So let's talk about that idea of, of the space connection a little bit. So you grew up in Huntsville, Alabama, which is called Rocket City because it has a big NASA presence. How does that influence or that inspiration make its way into your process and and maybe even into your work?
1: You know, a lot of times I feel like it may not have a very direct visual connection but i feel like it's really important in making them like you said i grew up in Huntsville the rocket city and every day of my life almost i would drive past a saturn v rocket that was you know standing 100 feet in the air this massive rocket and it at first just felt very normal you grow up with something and it doesn't feel special but kind of like how you asked me about being a southerner you know I move away from a space or an area and I move to a new location and it makes you appreciate what you're not around anymore so going to graduate school made me realize that I think there is a lot of influence on space technology uh, on my work whether it's completely obvious or not
0: so another thing that is very prominent to me when I when I walk into the gallery and see your work is color. And again, because of the simplicity of your process and the limited uh, materials that you work with, someone who didn't know that process as well might be surprised at the prominence and the variation of color in your work. Was color something that is that is a primary driver for you in terms of of kind of what you're discovering with which with each piece
1: yeah so i mean one of the initial kind of ideas of making the work was working in these kind of binaries of um, doing the opposite action on um, with the same print and the same materials and so you know, I was also interested in seeing what does one yellow look like next to another yellow and what does uh, one black look like next to another black made from different materials. And so color is definitely a driving force. Some of them use light-sensitive materials and some don't, and I'm interested in that conversation of these perceptions of the color. And so some might use an etching ink to create a yellow and some might use a watercolor base, some might use a dry, dry pigment yellow, Uh, And some are light-sensitive and some are not.
0: You're experimenting with how do these things work together?
1: Yes. How do they work together? How do they look next to each other? How do they interact with each other? How does one have a permanence and one might not have a permanence and how do how might those change over time so some of the portals in the installation are maybe stabilized but not fixed and some are maybe just exposed and not processed and so not a lot of them but a few of them I intend to change over time and I'm interested in seeing how those materials are affected by elements of light and climate and temperature and humidity and those types of things.
0: And so those, those pieces are still in process. They're still being processed, I guess, as they're hanging there on the wall.
1: Yes. And so in some ways, it's like a little scary. You know, I don't, you know, I don't know how light is going to enter a space. I don't know how the work is going to react to a space. Uh, but that is one of the primary interests that I have of, of how, how will these things kind of change over time.
0: Are you documenting that in any way? Mm
1: -hmm. So the first set of 60, I photographed every March for three years almost. To my surprise, there have been far little changes than I kind of expected there to be, which is, I think, a good thing. But now that has made me want to push that and create works that are intentionally going to change uh, during an exhibition. So that's kind of what I feel like my next step might be.
0: Your process is very physical, as we discussed. It's really... You, the sun, this disc, the paper, and the chemicals or the inks or whatever you're applying to the paper. And it's not only physical, but it's even dangerous at times because some of these materials are dangerous to handle on a regular basis. So what drew you to that process? You mentioned that the camera, you felt, became a little bit of a barrier. But even just being so hands-on with creating this work? What drew you to that?
1: You know, I've always been interested in the handmade, the hand printed object and found objects. And so as soon as I found this disc, it felt very natural to just make a photogram with it. And at first it felt kind of silly and too simple and like that might be it. And then one day it just clicked and kind of exploded from there.
0: So do you have an end game? Do you have a target number? For how many prints you want to make?
1: So I've numbered them. Zero zero one is the first, with the intent that nine 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 will be the last. I feel like a thousand is a little excessive.
0: <laughs> but not nine nine nine. So how many? I mean, how many do you produce in a day? So what is the the sort of the time frame? It varies probably based on the different chemicals that you're using to produce the print, and I guess on the sun. Mm -hmm.
1: It absolutely varies. You know, some prints might have a single impression, uh, which might be thirty minutes to coat and dry the paper, thirty minutes to print it, and thirty minutes to wash it, and maybe that's done. Others, I have spent weeks on in terms of doing something and not being satisfied and doing something else and not being satisfied being frustrated and letting it sit and sit on the floor for a week and then coming back to it so it definitely varies i think the longest one probably was started and ended on a 6 month time span
0: wow i think a lot of people myself included think of photography as being this thing that is like it's so time sensitive you know you you have to make the picture and then quickly make the print. And once you start that process, the clock is ticking and there's very little room for error in, in or for additions or subtractions for change in that process. But it's what you're describing is more like what I think of as a painter is describing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes, you know, hearing you say that, sometimes I feel like I'm searching for the errors. I'm searching for the failures and the breakdown of these materials. And one of my favorite things that I've discovered is using a Van Dyke brown and just oversaturating a sheet of paper and exposing it for a couple days, not processing it, just exposing it again, coating it again, exposing it for several more days. And so I've done that four times and the silver starts to build up on the surface, which you wouldn't want in a photograph, that has representational material, but for this work, it, it creates this really fascinating surface and that in some ways could be seen as a failure or an error, mm-hmm. uh, but it's those kinds of things that I'm looking for.
0: So what are some of the most interesting failures or challenges that you have encountered in this body of
1: work? Well, I, I wouldn't have brought any print here and shown it that I wasn't satisfied or happy with. Mm-hmm. And that comes with this, the same idea of continuing to work a print until I feel like it's done. But one of the most fascinating things that I feel like I've learned through this project is using these materials and making a portal in Philadelphia is different than making it in Maine that is different than making it in Georgia. And so that's been the biggest learning curve of moving to Georgia is that, you know, I spent the first three months trying to figure out where is the sun going to be and how strong is it and how is humidity affecting it and it's taking the paper longer to dry and so just kind of readapting to different climate has been probably the biggest hurdle in continuing the work in terms of you know moving every few years so far and readapting to a new environment. So with the the series portals is an instruction manual and so um, a little bit excessive but I've recorded each material and step that I've taken to create each print, each print with the idea that I can follow these instructions and you can follow these instructions and we'll both get two different things. Maybe they'll be the same, maybe they'll be different. If you make one in Richmond and I make the same thing in Athens, I bet they'll be different. I'm just very interested in the way that you know there's this kind of instructional or recipe kind of factor to it. So there's a phrase, wash and dry the print. It's probably in there a thousand times. And it just feels like this kind of coming back point, this kind of reset. You know, it happens every time I do something. I I code a piece of paper and I make an exposure and I wash and dry the print. It felt, you know, like a, a chorus or something, if you will.
0: And so if someone wanted to take a look at this instructional manual, where would they find it?
1: So there is currently a digital version on my website. Um, and there will also be some copies available at Candela Gallery.
0: What's your website?
1: www.harrisondwalker.com
0: Well, Harrison, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today for the Looksee podcast.
1: Absolutely. And thank you for having me. Yeah,
0: thanks. Well, that's it for this episode of the look podcast. Harrison Walker, Portals, is on view at Candela Books and Gallery through June 16th, 2018. You can find more for the Art Curious at www.look-c.co, including an interview with photographer Chris McCaw, whose work is currently sharing space with Harrison Walker's at Candela Gallery. I'm Paige Goodpasture, and thanks for listening.